So we're going to look at John chapter 11, verses 1 through 40. It's a fairly hectic or long piece of scripture. I'm going to run through it real quick just to give you a context. But before I get there, before I get there, I want to give you a context of what is happening before this thing happens. So right before that, Jesus makes some really big statements. He says, I am, I am, I am. Okay. I'm, the, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the, uh, and if you just look at John chapter 10, there's a whole bunch of I am statements that Jesus makes. And you only really see that in John. So John talks about Jesus the Savior, Jesus the, the Son of God. And everyone, Luke talks about Jesus the healer, that, so on and so forth. But John's focusing on who Jesus is as the second person of the Trinity and, and co-equal with the Father. So Jesus makes these statements and then obviously there's a lot of opposition among the Jews and the Sanhedrin and the, and, uh, the uh, Sadducees and the Pharisees and the can't see very well. So, you know, these guys don't like Jesus. They're out to stone him, out to, out to um, arrest him. And so he escapes. And that is the backdrop for the story that you're about to see. Okay, so let's, uh, can we go to John chapter 11, verse 1 through 40? And we're looking through the ESV for people who are following. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with an ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, the one you love is ill. And when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness will not lead to death. For it is, the, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and, his, and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer at the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are, were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going, are you going there again? Then Jesus says, are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not on him. So I'm not going to break down that piece of scripture because that goes into a completely different uh, part. So let's go on. And he says, after saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to wake him. Awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, and they thought that he meant taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, and that's the Bible's nice way of saying, I'll break it down for you morons, okay? Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe that doesn't go with me. So Thomas, who was always doubting, said to the fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him, because the, the Jews are so ready to catch Jesus. So he's taking a massive personal risk in going back to Bethany. You have to understand the context. I mean, he, he just narrowly escaped this, being snatched up previously. So he's been in exile, literally, and then he's going back into... And, and from this point onwards, it's, 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 one, it's a one-way road to the cross. 
when, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two years, uh, sorry, two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of, from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes, believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. You believe it. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the, the place where Martha had met him, in the outskirts. When the, when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out and followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Second complaint. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved. And some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb, which was a cave, and the stone lay against him. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, by this time there will be an order, for he has been dead for four days. So the King James Version says, He stinketh. He stinketh. So we have a stinking problem here. And Jesus lifted up, <coughs> Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted his eye, up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he said that, when he said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. You know why Jesus said, Lazarus, come out? Because if he just said, come out, everyone would have come out. So you have to be quite specific about who he's calling out. Because he's a resurrection and the life. Alright, so it's a long piece of scripture. I'm sorry that I had to labor through the whole thing. But I want you to just go back. So you, the first point I want to make is Dan and Stella are probably our dearest friends. Right here in Dubai, they're very, very close. And... Uh, when we, they know that we held back joining City Lights, even though we felt that we would, we needed to follow them when they were when they were planting out City Lights four years ago, because we had to hear from God that it was our time to join them and come alongside them. But they are dear friends, and what I want to say here is Lazarus, Mary, and Martha are dear friends of Jesus. He spent quality time with them. He stayed in their house. 
He ate at that house. They were close. They were really, really close. Mary had wiped his feet with her hair, perfume. You know, you've heard the story. So there was, a, there was an intimate relationship. When, when they say, the one who you love is sick. It's not the one you know. It's the one you love. Your best friend is sick. You know, when you get a message saying someone's sick, you sit around. You know, that message says, he's really sick. Please come. He's not, he's not suffering from a cold or a cough. He's about to die. Can you please come? And, and when, um, when we get that message, usually we drop everything, right? I mean, most of you have prayed for my wife's mom, who's been sick for five years, Chanel's mom as well. And I can't count the number of times we've, she's just jumped on a plane and flown to Sri Lanka every time she gets bad news. You know, that's what you do when someone is sick. When someone, you, know, you don't want to miss that opportunity. So, can you explain to me when Jesus loves these people, this is the one who loves, and he hears this news, why does he delay two days? Why, why? Wouldn't you go immediately? This is the man who raises the dead, walks on water, heals the sick. Why would he delay? And then also, when I have an intimate relationship with Dan and Starla as, as a friend, I expect something from them in a time of need. And I, I need, when I call, I have, I have privileged access to the pastors of this church. Right. I do. And, 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 and when we have privileged access to people like Jesus, who does amazing things. Thousands of people are following all over Jerusalem. And I, have, I know him personally. I expect a personal favor. In fact, I will speak on your behalf so that Jesus can do something for you, right? That's, that's the type of, that's, that's the people we are, right? When we know someone, hey, I can speak to him, he knows me. So here, he's, the one you love is sick, and he doesn't do anything. Good preacher, I'm gonna put my watch on here just to right. So he was his family was destroyed. The family was destroyed because they knew Jesus really well. And they he, this is the time they needed him most. And he's holding back. So when Jesus heard the news, his response is interesting. The sickness will not end in death. He says, and it is for the it is for God's glory that Jesus would be glorified through it. And he stops there and says, "I'll wait two more days." So you you have to understand that Jesus is fully God, but he's fully God, but he gives up his godliness and he becomes fully man on earth and operates in the full anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. So what Jesus says, he doesn't because if he was fully God on earth, obviously, and he was crucified, he can turn off his pain and not suffer a legitimate death on the cross. So he's fully, fully man, yet he's fully in touch with the Father. He says, I only do what I see my Father doing. And his access to, to God is through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is able to foretell what is going to happen. He can see, because he's that much in line, in tune with what God is doing. So, 
it says again in the verse, can you um, pull up the verse again? It says that Jesus loved them, the three of them. The very next verse says, he decided to stay two more days. Um, back a little bit. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. Wow. Okay. So there are three crucial questions in their hearts. The first question is, why is Lazarus sick if God loves our family? You know, when we face trouble, this is something we want to, we, we, you know, as long as everything is okay, we can manage our relationship with God. But the main things start going off kilter, slightly, you know, veering off to the left or the right, start doubting God. If God really loves our family, why is Lazarus sick? Right? How come he's sick? Why is he sick? Second question. Is Jesus responsible? So easy, right? Come on, all of us, including myself, have blamed God for our situation. When the situation didn't work out the way we wanted it to work out, God doesn't love me. He doesn't love me. I think I'm, I'm feeling things that are not real. You know? Maybe I'm not hearing from God. Maybe God's not there. Let's be real. Let's be honest. When things don't work out the way we want it to work out, we ask the question. So we blame God. Right? His love, God's love is not in doubt. Jesus' love is not in doubt. Says he loved them. The third question is, we sent a message. Why is he not responding? Why? I mean, I sent him a message. You said the one you love is dying. Can you please hurry up and come over? Nothing. Nada. No noise. Right? And everyone's like, what's the point in knowing this Jesus? And sometimes, you know, in our, in our personal situations in our lives, God seems so silent. I'm like wondering, what on earth is going on? Everything is hitting me from left and right, and I'm sending out a message, I'm asking our pastors to pray, nothing's happening. They couldn't reconcile why a God who loves their brother so much would let him remain sick. The answer to the question is actually for the glory of God. And I'm going to break that down a little bit, but it's a huge, huge topic. That's it. The glory of God. So I'm going to just add, I'll handle just one little aspect of it. But it is for the glory of God, that God may be glorified. The practical issue here is that often when things don't work out, God has said to you, I will do this through you. That's plan A. I shared this last week, you guys weren't here. But there is no plan B. But when things don't work out, we have a plan B. Right? There is no plan B in God's kingdom. Because plan B takes away from planning. And plan B does not require faith. If you have a backup plan, you don't need God. 
you have a backup plan, you don't need God. So what's what happened here? Let's make the funeral arrangement. Right? So when Jesus comes to Lazarus and Mary and Martha's house, you know what's playing in the background? What a friend we have in Jesus. It's a funeral song. Now you've heard that it's a miserable song. I don't know if you've been there, to be interviewed here. What a friend we have in Jesus. Because all this time, Jesus was just their friend. Right? Jesus was their friend. Lord, rabbi, teacher. That's all okay. But he was their friend. So, what a friend we have with Jesus. Don't really require faith. He's kind of let us down. Blah, blah, blah. So, the house is mourning. There are people there to comfort them. And when, when Jesus speaks about it, can you go to the verse again, please? Um, next one. Again. If you have been here, okay, so um, she went out and met him, but Mary remained in the house. Mary said, If you have been here, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Next verse. God said to him, I know that he will rise again in plan B in the resurrection of the last day. That's plan B. Plan A is God said, and you know, this is what you can do. God's spoken over my life. I believe, and then things don't quite work out. So plan B is, yes, he will rise again eventually. Right? And that's how she's consoling herself. Um, what I want to say something is this. You will never experience the glory of God thinking with the perspective that Jesus is your best friend. Jesus is your friend. But what is he saying? I am the resurrection and the life. Until that revelation hits you, that he's the Lord of Lords, nothing's going to change. So he makes a statement there. Jenny? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? It's a response required. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. So there is a response that Jesus requires. There's a shifting that happens at that moment where she goes from Jesus, her friend, to Jesus, her Lord. There's a shifting, and her faith increases because suddenly she's believing in the person who Jesus is, not Jesus the healer, Jesus the teacher, you know. None of those things. This is Jesus, the Lord and Savior. The life and the resurrection. Right. So, it means that he can come four days late and raise the dead. That's what it means. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Life is in his hands. Because he's God. Right? There's nothing impossible to those who believe. And then, of course, we have the verses where it says Jesus wept. So you can see the humanity, his compassion, the reality of who Jesus was. Because he's just not, you know, over the whole situation where he's not God, so I know what the outcome is. He knows the outcome is Lazarus coming out of the grave in his, in his mummified, you know, grave clothes. He knows that's the outcome. 
But at that moment, he's perfectly human, he has a perfect relationship with them, and he's able to meet them at their point of need. He weeps because he feels the same way they feel. It's real. It's real. In order for you to see the glory of God manifest in your life, we are going to we are going to face challenges. And these are the same challenges that Mary and Martha were dealing with. Jesus said, if you believe you will see the glory of God, this means if you believe in your heart, this is the thing, this is the thing guys. Most of us believe in our mind. Most of us have an intellectual understanding of who the Savior is. We've heard about it, we've grown up in it, we have an intellectual understanding that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And that should have sorted things out for me. Right? But the minute that drops into your heart, it rewires the way you see things. It rewires the way you see things. The minute you get your mind around the bank. So, you know, for, let, me, let, let, me, let me give you an example. When that thing happens, when you believe, your trust moves away from figuring things out in your mind to believing what God said. To believing what God said. God said, I will do this. But the bank said, I'm sorry, I can't give you the loan. The bank, the, 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 the landlord said, I'm sorry, I can't renew your lease. Right? I'm sorry, you have to go. I'm sorry. That's the reality. But God says something, and that's the point of change. When you believe in your heart that God has you in His hand, it doesn't matter what the bank says, what the doctor says, what, the, what your employer says. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant anymore. Because it's what God says. That's all that matters. So, the, your mind will tell you that miracles won't happen. Right? And I'm going to get to those challenges in a second. But, a, if you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you believe that He's the resurrection and the life, if you believe that He died for your sins on the cross once and for all, that is a huge miracle that you already believe in. You can't see it. You can't see it when you believe. And the minute that has happened, there's already a miracle that's taken place in your heart. So why don't you believe everything else He says for you? For your future. So there are five challenges. The first one is complaints. The Bible says that when Jesus delayed coming, they sent him a message. So what does Martha say? What does Mary say? If you had been there, this would never have happened. In that moment, we complain to God. And us complaining stops us from seeing the glory of God. Yeah? So we have a tendency to complain and moan about everything, generally. So it's, it's a natural thing. And so when Jesus doesn't pitch up, when they want him to, we complain. We complain. Second point, time. Time. Time, put time. Put, there's, a, there's a clock that's ticking. He's sick. Gotta get here quick. I have a deadline. 
my rent check is on the 31st of August. I don't see it coming. It's a time. But, and, and in this case, Lazarus was dead. Not a couple of hours. A couple of hours, maybe he was dying, kind of explained as a medical history, sorted out. Jesus won't get all the glory, he'll get like 20% of the glory, and the rest, you know, and the EMT team will get the rest, you know, that's whatever you call But he's dead for four days. He stinks. The body has decayed. You know, rigor mortis sets in after a couple of hours, it will break the bones set the body in place. It's disgusting, I'm sorry, it's morbid, but that's it. So once the blood stops flowing from here all over the, all over the body, every all the organs pack out. Lazarus has been dead for four days. He's behind the tomb. Jesus needed people to see what God can really do. You don't want someone whose body is still lukewarm and raising from the dead. He's been dead and buried wrapped up and there's no chance. So, time is an issue for us. We put time, because for us that's a real, it's a real thing. Time is a real challenge. When we are praying for something and it's not happening, I'm in that place right now, I'll tell you right now. I'm always praying, it's like, God, break through, please. It's not happening the way I'd like it to happen. That's a reality. God has a, his own timing and his own timing is perfect. Third point, faith. Your faith will be challenged. So everybody is crying around the family. Jesus is trying to tell them that they, there is nothing he, can, he cannot do, but now they're saying, you know what, yes, he'll rise on the last day with the resurrection of the rest of the saints. Kind of sorting things out. So, you need faith. That's why he calls the faith out of them. He says, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? That faith activated is the currency of the kingdom to see the glory of God. That faith that activates the, the, the glory of God. That is what happens. She believes, she sees. Fourth thing is excuses. We this is the way we sort things out in our minds, right? We say, we have a, you know, we expect God to do something, we pray, doesn't happen the way we like it to happen. So we have a hundred explanations, excuses why it happened. Maybe there's a reason. Martha says the body stinks, it's too late. Right? There's a, you know, regardless of the stinking issue, there is hope for us to rejoice. We're talking about the glory of God. And then the fifth thing, this is probably the most important one, is reality. Be real, bro. He's dead. Okay, we pray. It's too late now. Face facts. Have you heard that? People tell you that? Face the facts. Get on with it. It's too late. Be real. You're not real. Think, think about it. Living in La La Land with your Jesus and your Bible and blah blah blah. All your friends will tell you that. Yeah, it's fine, you pray and everything. It doesn't work, it doesn't work. Be real. God is a God who changes your reality. That's who He is. Four days dead. 
and he changes the reality. That's how God operates. He doesn't need your reality to define who he is. He defines your reality. So whatever the problem that you are facing, whatever the challenge, God is not too small to change your reality. God is not too small to change your reality. Abraham, 100 years old. Yeah, you're going to have a kid. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly what he said, I'm paraphrasing. And he said, yeah, right. And Sarah's laughing. So that, that, it's like, be real. It's not going to happen. We've been trying for a heart for years. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Joseph is like interpreting dreams in, 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 in prison. The guys have gone away. So please remind, remember me when there's an issue. Nothing. Pin drop, pin drop silence. Nothing's happening. Moses, on one side he's got Pharaoh's armies marching towards him. On the other side he's got a sea. And God said, step out of Egypt, I'll sort things out. Doesn't look really good. He's got a couple of million people here stuck. They take a long time logistically to move through from one point to another. You've got the sea on one side and you've got all, you know, just before they left Egypt, they plundered Egypt of all their wealth. You know, in the end times, there will be a time when there will be a transference of wealth and all the resources of the ungodly to the godly. Be prepared for that. Be prepared for that. So that's, I'm just going on a slight detour, but I'm saying this to you. Prepare your hearts so that you can contain the blessing that God is going to give you in the end times. So they give you influence, they give you favor. But when you get that, you should have the character to support it, to undergird the blessing that you will receive. In the same way, they receive this blessing, and now these guys are coming to get them. Their labor force has left Egypt, right? And, and, the, and the pharaohs think, oh, I think that was a bad move. I'm going to get them back, or at least I'm kill most of them. And then we've got the sea on one side. All it takes is Moses to be obedient, stretch out his rod over the water, and the water separates. And three, I think, five million people, three to five million people walk through one night through the sea. That is God changing reality. <clears throat> Jesus be real, Lazarus is dead for four days. It's a bit too late. If you had come earlier, you could have you know, done something, you could have healed him. Or you know, if he had just died, you could have kind of raised him, but four days, it's a little too long. The glory of God is what made God who He is. And it is and, and is what is able to change what was once reality to you. So you don't need God if you have your own reality and you have your own solutions. You don't need God. So you don't but here, if you really want to see the glory of God in your life. And we hear this bantered around, the glory of God, the glory of God, but just before, in the garden, in Jesus, when God was walking around with Adam and Eve, meeting them face to face in the cool of the day, they were covered by the glory of God. When you have the glory of God, amazing things happen for you. So it's not those ATM prayers that we pray, oh, please help me with this situation. The glory of God is the Shekinah presence of God on your life, Day in, day out, where you're hearing from God and you're moving as God says to do. Not 
your day to nine to five job, which you're, which we're all obsessed over, success, money, those things are all inconsequential if you're moving in the presence of the glory of God. Okay? So, yeah, that's it really. That's what I want to share with you. If you want to see the glory of God, invite Him in, in a new way into your life, where you can see God change your whole perspective. Currently, I think, in my case, and I'm sure most of you, we are happy with a small portion of God in our lives, with a small dose of God. We're not sold out. The minute you're sold out for God, when you really trust Him, He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask Him. 